Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of the 2016 Code Conference. If you like it, please leave us a review at itunes.com slash Recode Replay. We're now going to talk about car sharing and the, the most And not important. what you think. Not what you think. So let's bring out two people, Gene and Anthony. Come on out. So, um, one of the reasons we're really excited to have you here, um, and you know, one of the things with Silicon Valley is we're uber obsessed talking about Uber, and I know you all don't want to say the word Uber, I get it, um, but uh, you're going to have to, because <laughs> shockingly, they dropped a big press release right when you're sitting here. Just um, a coincidence. Just a coincidence. I was Joker. just talking. Totally. 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 Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. I actually talked to from an Uber. They're like, I'm like, this was not a coincidence. They're like, what? <laughs> No, it totally was filed. It just happened to drop just when they're going to go on stage. Um, so in any case... So uh, they just raised $3.5 billion. You already know this, but yeah. for those who don't, from the Saudi government's sovereign wealth fund. Right. Uh, not a, not, this is not a private company or a private investor, but a na- the sovereign wealth fund of a national government, Absolutely. Saudi Arabia. So let's talk a little bit about how much money is going into this, because you <laughs> raised... A billion dollars from Apple, yeah. which is fantastic, but now it looks small. Um, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, well, wait, no, we're I, impressed. We're I have impressed. A, but, I, but I have to stop. Would you rather have a billion dollars from Apple or three and a half billion dollars from the Saudi government? Well, I would say we are looking for a strategic partner, okay, if you will. All right. So let's talk about the money that's going in. Yeah. Now, you have raised how much, Anthony? Close to seven hundred million. Close to seven hundred million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have raised uh, probably five billion. Before this round. Before this round. Okay, actually, on the Uber news, I have to say, you know, our industry is actually in a very early stage, so more capital into it, the faster it's grow, right? Right. So it benefits every one of us. And the current round we are raising is actually already bigger than the number they just announced. Okay, all right, Right. okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah, so I think, you know, the fundraising can go on forever and Mm -hmm. ever, right? right? But at the end of the day, you still need to figure out what's real for. You know, if you want to win the market, it's really to win the heart of the users, right? That's right. what we are focused on. So let's talk about yeah. what this, let's talk about fundraising first, and we'll talk about the products, sure, obviously, sure. and what you're making. But what is it, what, why is all this money, what, what is happening here? It's almost like an arms race. Anthony, why don't you talk about it first? I mean, sure. yeah. So how we think about it first, capital. Do we have enough? And for us, we have close to two-thirds of all the capital we raise. Right. Um, we just understand what is important as in strategic partners. So we chose uh, CIC, which is the sovereign fund fund of China. Um, We chose SoftBank. And these are great partners who believe in Southeast Asia, uh, population of 630 million people, double the size of the United States, and um, people who believe in Grab and believe in its long-term view. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I think taking away the capital side, what is really important is this whole user experience. It is being locally relevant, city by city. So if I may, if you look at, take Indonesia, for example, mm-hmm. population of 230 million people. Right. Um, if you take just uh, you know, the black car solution, if you may, cookie cutter model, mm-hmm. that's not going to work. Um, in that place, you have people running 
three hours per day in terms of commute times. Mm -hmm. Three hours every day. So with a bike, we have a grab bike, which is a motorbike taxi. Mm -hmm. uh, you can run for 30 minutes and you save two and a half hours of your daily commute. So being able to offer taxis, cars, motorbikes, you're able to offer this multi-model transportation system and that really differentiates and it's locally relevant to people who live in that country. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so when you're doing this, but you still, but still, the amounts of money are massive. It's it really is. It's quite mind-boggling. Where does it go to? Where do where do you, what do you need now? You're operating in China. You operate all kinds of different services. Yes. What is the strategy behind this fundraising for you? For you, sure. not is it Uber's coming in? They're subsidizing rides. You're subsidizing rides. When are you going to stop subsidizing rides, that kind of thing? But yeah. that's what's happening. It's sort of a land grab, I guess. Yeah, to totally. me, that's what it seems like. No, totally, totally. Um, that's a very good question, actually. A lot of people ask us about it. Well, in terms of fundraising, what we are really looking for is not just capital. I think, as Anthony rightly put, it's more strategic value we are looking for. That's why we have been partnering with really strategic partners as well to ask that question, what's our selection standard, right? We have been partnering with Tencent. Mm -hmm. You know, every Chinese, I don't know how many Chinese here, but every Chinese uses WeChat. There are 600 million right. users, right? They all use WeChat. As long as you have a cell phone, you use WeChat, you use Tenpay, you use Alipay, right? Alipay, everyone knows Alibaba, right? It's also the largest e-commerce or worldwide um, you know, company. So we're partnering with them. Mm -hmm. together and now we have Apple together why we're doing this why we have to find the most strategic value adding partner because this industry is still in infant stage mm -hmm. right we're talking about we just broke a record by the way we just broke a record of completing 14 million rides on a daily basis mm -hmm. what it means it's five times of the total number of ride sharing industry in the states mm -hmm. on a daily basis that's wow. what we're providing right but still, it only means 1% penetration. So only 1% people commuting in China are using us. Mm -hmm. There's a huge room to grow, but you can't just grow yourself. You need a lot of strategic help, right? So that's our strategy in terms of finding capital, and that's our strategy in terms of how we look at this market. But I, but I want to go back to something that Kara raised. Um, it sounds like you have a lot of capital. Not, not so much you, you I mean, it's a lot of money, 700 million, but she's saying her current round is bigger than the three and a half billion Uber announced. And we, you know, she already had five billion, if I understand you correctly, right? Before this round, we have raised the five billion already. So, and now yeah. your new round is yeah, bigger than three and a half billion. Yeah, after this, we'll billion. be one of the best capitalized comp private companies. Yeah, in you'll be, uh, period. Yeah, we will be. In period. any business, yeah. it's a lot of capitalization. Uh, and yet you're still subsidizing rides. Um, now the capital allows you to do that, mm -hmm. but does that mean there's not, that the business itself mm -hmm. is not obvious and valued enough by the customers mm -hmm. that at, 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 at a reasonable price, they will, they will just pay it without you mm -hmm. subsidizing it? Yeah, sure. First of all, we're subsidizing much less much, much less mm -hmm. compared to when this company or this industry um, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. The level of subsidy just keep decreasing because of the network is already built there, right? When you don't have sufficient drivers, when you don't have enough passengers, it takes an hour, two hours to get a ride. Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning stage of this business, you need to incentivize people 
to make sure they understand what it is this, right? But once you have what we have right now, which is 14 million rides, including 11 million private car rides, right? Then you have a sufficient nest network, and then you will get your ride much quicker. So when does the subsidy end? Not just, well, in different cities, right? In a lot of mature cities, we don't have subsidy at all. We have business in 400 cities. We are profitable in 200 cities, right? So in, the, in some cities, we don't subsidize at all because people understand it. But in some of the cities, we do need subsidi- subsidies. And what about, oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I just want to add one point. And together, we are serving 1.3 billion people. Together, we are serving 2 billion people worldwide, right? So I think the capital injecting in this wisely, wisely has to be the number one. Okay, Anthony, on the subsidies. Sure, if you look at Singapore, less than one, which is one of the capital cities in Southeast Asia, less than 1% of all our transactions are subsidized from the passenger side because there's just a lot of, it's an access demand over supply. So let me just share a little bit of context. In Southeast Asia, 630 million people, um, double the size of the United States, but very low car ownership. So there's only about 6% car ownership versus United States, about 60% car ownership. So when you have that access demand over supply, you actually have, you need, and I go back again, why you need, like in our business, we need taxis to supplement Mm. the entire business. And that's why for us, having taxis, not just motorbike taxis, but taxi taxis taxis, uh, in a country like Singapore, where we customize a technology whereby it allows you on one push of a button, you can aggregate all the taxis and all the cars in one go. So very tailor-made to just Singapore because Singaporean consumers are indifferent between a taxi and a car. Right. Actually, I just want to add on to that. Yep. Allowed, yeah. Actually, um, Anthony reminded me, I think probably not a lot of people who have been to China frequently or who have taken public transportation systems. So maybe to appreciate my answer, probably I should lay out some background first. What's happening okay. in China? Why it's different between China and U.S.? Yesterday, I heard some guests talking about everyone has a car yes. here in the States, right? Yeah. I think in the Mark View session, yeah. right? And this is a country built on cars, so people appreciate what cars means, but not really in China. China, you can say China is a country built on bicycles, maybe. Yeah. And because, you know, even the penetration for car ownership is less than 10% in China, we simply can't grow car ownership as fast as we can. The sales actually drop to single-digit growth for car sales, right? That's because of the constraint on space. The road cannot afford more cars, and yep. we don't have enough. That doesn't parking. stop us. <laughs> we'll just sit there parked on the road. Yeah, actually, in LA here, I assume everyone who owns a car will have a parking lot at, at their garage, mm-hmm. but not in Beijing. For example, in Beijing, we have 5.6 million private cars, but we only have 2 million parking lots. So most of the cars, you even see Ferrari just to park on the road. Right, it's, it, you see that. that, yeah, you've seen that, and it's a lot of congestion issue. And I've been back to Beijing for four years. I'm still waiting for my luck because in Beijing, to get a license plate is a lottery system. And in theory, to get license plates, to get a license plate, you have to participate in a lottery. 
process. This is because they don't want because they don't want more cars to yeah, go on the road. Because of the air quality. Because of the, the air quality and also congestion, right? So a lot of cars for every car you are only allowed to get on road for out isn't of five this days. the perfect condition for your company? Well, that's what I'm getting into. Thank you, Walt. <laughs> so, and, and since it, Walt, and since you're very kind. <laughs> since it is, yeah. Uh, why should you have to subsidize anything? Well, you know, let, let and me, why do you need to raise capital? Yeah, I, I will. Aren't you in great that. shape? I will come to that point. You know, first is car cannot grow much, and second point is we have mega cities, right? Beijing has 30 million population. I think in China in general, we have 44 cities who have population more than 2 million. 2 million. Here, 2 million, like okay. cities. Yeah, city like I population. was amazed in Shenzhen. I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. These are huge cities. In, in US, I think there are four cities, mm -hmm. which has population of 2 million. So the population of each city actually outgrow the transit system in general. So there's a dilemma for us. How do you move people from point A to point B, right? So. I'll come to ask, answer your question. What we are doing here, right? What we are really trying to do here, DD choosing means DD mobility or DD transportation. This is a big concept of transportation. It's not just a private car. Like Anthony just mentioned, you know, we started as a taxi hailing app. Right. What does it mean? It means you know, our software platform can be used as a taxi driver dispatcher. Right, so the taxi driver can pick a passenger from the street. So or more, they can than, more, more than just a car, yeah, a, yes, a totally. black car. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about your partnership together and okay. then your partnership with Lyft. Um, could be seen as, you know, the it's sort of, I was trying to think, it's sort of like the two sides in the Avengers or something like that. It's like, did you have to like decide to get together? To What was the reason? Because most people saw it as an anti-Uber initiative, the coalition of not Uber, essentially. How did you look at it, Anthony? First, what was so? So I actually had the pleasure of meet Cheng Wei um, several years ago. The CEO, yes, the CEO. That's right, uh, Will, yeah. and we, one, we, we were just united on one vision, which was the idea of local companies rising and solving real local problems, um, and 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 showing the, if you may, the the power of a local company rising. Um, on that, we wanted to focus on solving real problems, and that was safety, congestion. Uh, as, as you know, in, in Southeast Asia, cities, um, you know, one, one of a very senior person in government said in, in Indonesia once that it's not the most traffic situation, it's the world's largest car park. Mm -hmm. um, cars just don't move. Mm -hmm. uh, and understanding that we want to solve these problems, hence the grab bike solution, hence understanding um, cars, the P2P car market alone is not sufficient. Understanding that, for example, in Southeast Asia, I don't know if you know this, but 95% of all Southeast Asia uses cash in transactions. Only 5% of the population is credit card and debit card. So very, very small population. So for us, when we first started, like Jean and with Cheng Wei, we, we agreed that it was about localization. It was about taxis, which was ample supply. It was about being able to, in China's case, it was about WePay or Tencent Pay. In our case, it was about being able to monetize from cash, cash transactions. So localizing and being able to adopt one taxis 
in now our case, multimodal transportation, and cash was a huge advantage. So why be together? Why do this? Well, yeah, there are a lot of reasons for us to be together. Okay. First of all, we're well, tell them. Tell them to us. Yes. <laughs> well, we are serving two billion people together. There's a lot of things to share. For example, um, this industry, as I mentioned, is only 1% penetration in China now, right? So there are a lot of best practice we can share together. For example, you know, on technology-wise, you know, we have a lot of local innovation. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last mm -hmm. year, actually, right. right? For example, the Hitch product right. is a very convenient product. This is a product where you pick up Yes, this is a product which you can preset. The driver can preset the destination, right? So he or she will pick anyone who's on the same way to work or home. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's very convenient and also very environmentally friendly. For com yes, for yeah. commuting. Um, so this is something like the technology, the algorithm. Uh, China is a place, luckily, we have a lot of people. So actually, the algorithm is well tested. And when we invent something, we can share with Anthony, and when they do something interesting, they can share with us, right? And, and, and then the relationship. We launch Hitch as well. Yes, yes. and they, they, they launch Hitch. And what is yeah. the relationship with Lyft then? So You're not coming to the United States. Is Grab coming to the United States? Is Didi Well, coming? we are coming to the United States through Lyft. Um, so today, we're very pleased to announce and uh, officially goes live. Uh, well, I'll show it to you okay. um, very quickly. And uh, you can see it's um, today on the Grab app. You can access all of Lyft's cars so if you're and services. A customer from from Singapore, Southeast. from Bali, from Jakarta um, can come to Southeast Asia. Or can come to New York or San Francisco, any city across where Lyft offers its services is full access. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one and without course, downloading, just with your the app you use at exactly. Home. So your same credit card, your same user interface that you're used to, and you have full access to all that supply. So with that global partnership, we actually have the world's largest number of cars and motorbikes in the world. So why not? Why don't you acquire his company? Just curious. I mean, is that could that happen? You have all this. I, I just irritate Gene a lot. <laughs> okay. No, but does that have to happen? Do you have to sort of create? No, we don't. Why think not have a larger? No, company? we don't think necessarily. If you want to provide a good service, you have to own a company in mm -hmm. another country. Actually, the service product, the product uh, Anthony just talked about, is a great product. We actually have that as well. You know, for a Chinese who come to the states. He can, she, she only needs DD. She access DD and she get a Lyft car, mm -hmm. right? That's extremely convenient and vice versa. For you, Kara and Watt, if next time you come to Beijing, you probably only need a Lyft to get a DD's car, right? You don't even need to know Chinese or anything. So this already serves a lot of purpose because our end goal is to how do we serve our customer best, right? And in terms of partnership, well, there are a lot of possibilities, but I think so far we are very happy with each other. And we also invest in Lyft. I think they have made huge progress by themselves, mm -hmm. right? They have double, almost doubled their market share last year. And mm -hmm. even for the first quarter, they have grown 50%. I think in San Francisco, they have market share of 45%. So that's already pretty good, pretty good progress. And we're very happy with that investment. We just think local champions have their own advantage because they know the people more know the market more and understand the regulatory environment. So not necessarily we have to do something so by ourselves. So when you get an investment from Apple, when you say strategic, or when you get different investments that you get, what do you expect to get from Apple? Because many people think Google will end up buying Uber if it's for sale. <laughs> okay. Apple could buy you all or whatever. Does that have to happen? Is that where it's inevitably heading? 
I just think from a very big picture <coughs> perspective, you know, we just need to be collaborative and inclusive. You can do everything yourself, right? This well, so what does Apple bring? Well, this is... I mean, they bring a billion dollars, yes. but what do they bring? And yes. they bring a, a shiny brand name. Right, right. Those two things are, are very helpful, but you kept talking about strategic. So sure. what Apple isn't in this business, sure. what do they bring to you? Sure. Well, Apple is a leading technology firm. We respect them a lot. And there's one thing we share in common. In China, they're serving a big amount of Chinese users, right? A huge percentage of our drivers and our customers are using Apple, right? And we are serving the 800 million urban Chinese. So there's a huge common ground. We serve, there's a huge overlap. We serve the same type of Well, how does that manifest itself? I mean, right. well, I see if, if, if I do go uh, back to Beijing right. and I use this app, and I get myself a car, right. uh, is there going to be an iPhone ad in the back? I mean, what's the synergy? Well, there are a lot of things you can imagine. This is still in early discussion. Well, help me imagine some. Yes. Yeah, we would talk to them, and they would talk to us about how we can work together. Will it, will it take me to an Apple store, whether I want to or not? <laughs> oh, that's definitely doable. Yeah. Yes, that's a we'll great idea. You, we'll, we'll take you to a hotel, Mr. Yeah, Mossberg, totally. but first... The Apple store. No, totally, totally. That's a great idea. Last, last question. Each of you, you each right. have sort of innovative, not that people aren't as familiar with your companies. You have different products. Your transportation companies. Most people know Uber and Lyft here is ride sharing. And they have some Uber pool and Lyft line. And, mm -hmm. But it's not, it's about the same idea as you click the thing, you get in your car. Uh, I never get in the pools or lines because I don't like speaking right. to people. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, what, talk about what product that you see is really most unusual for each of your companies. Then we'll get to some questions from the audience. Let's start with Anthony. Sure. For us, we have, you know, if you think of one platform, we have our taxi, car, bikes. And what we're developing now is uh, our payment side of the business. Again, in Southeast Asia, as I shared, there's no Alipay or WePay. Um, mm -hmm. And we think about how do you increase engagement? How do you increase uh, more rides and better cohorts? So. Our payments, you are, any of the services, you can pay by cash, by credit card, by debit card, including direct debit from your bank account. So if you have a current account, a savings account, that's how we think but about most it. Most people use cash. Most of them use cash. Right. And they're moving. And what we see is, uh, we just launched this product a year ago, and we see you know, something like in Singapore, close to 40% of people are moving towards grab pay. Right. So again... Yeah, because it's so much more convenient. It's one of the exactly. things that exactly. people love about... Uber and Lyft here. I mean, yeah, you that's know, right. The in and out. There's just experience. no. And, you're just done. But the difference is that you can now do it with people who have no credit history, right? People who just have a, a simple current account, savings account, and now they can do that. Okay. And then Jean, yeah. now you had a lot of things. You had the yes. drunk ride thing, where people yes. are drunk and someone gets yes. you and brings yes. you home. Yes. But buses yes. taking over the transportation system yes. of China. Yes, we are. We are. Well, there's a whole range of products we are delivering to our users because China is such a complex market. Taxi is definitely very important. It differentiates us from anyone else because, of course, one reason is from a user's end, you know, taxi is reliable. And secondly, from a supply perspective, taxi is actually a very important part of the supply system, right? So we are working with taxi industry and private car. Everyone's familiar with private car. And we have the hitch, which we just talked about. And there's one thing. Uh, chauffeur is actually something I want to talk about, which is the, you know, how you can um, lower your, uh, how do you 
called DUI, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people on our platform actually they own a car and you know they go to work, they have a party, and after some drink they can't get home, right? There's a problem of calling a private car service because it's so troublesome. The next day you still need to go back to the restaurant to get your car, right? So it's extremely inconvenient. So what what we invent is for this user, let's assume you know. He, let's say Anthony, right? He drinks a lot. Okay. So after, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So after he parties and you know he doesn't want to uh, get a private car home, so he calls up. Uh, he actually you know press a button on our app. You know it's just integrated in the same app, and there he will get a driver without a car who actually use a scooter to come and meet him, right? And that driver will drive Anthony home by using Anthony's car, right? So. So that way is that expensive? No, actually, well, it depends on how you how no, you look at it. Compared to the other, compared to, of course, it's much it's more expensive, right? So yeah. drivers like to do that, and luckily we have a lot of taxi drivers who actually like to do that job, right? When they off shift, they find this job, you know, the unit price is higher and it's extremely convenient for a lot of partier like Anthony. So it's extremely um, successful, and no we DUI have for me. yes, and a lower DUI, yeah. uh, and you know we have. At least three million people using that service on a monthly basis. Three right? million. Three million. What's it people. called? Drunk or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's called. We call it chauffeur service. Uh -huh. um, so it I, sounds classy. Class, 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 yes. Yeah. We try to make it sound classy. Why is the chauffeur? Do you imagine? <laughs> and again, again, we'll get to questions. Yeah. Do you imagine taking over the public transportation systems of your country? Well, in fact, for us, we see ourselves completely integrated. Um, whether you jump on a bike or a jeepney or a car or a bus, you know, how, how do we work with the limited rail there is? Really integrated. We work with the government. In fact, we've been the first ones um, approved and legalized by many of the governments. So completely integrated, um, again, on a collaborative approach with the governments. Sure. And Jean? We're working with them, right? If you're a mayor of a city, mm -hmm. all you care about is how you get, you know, less jam, Cedar cleaner, right, and less protest, mm -hmm. right? People get employed, right? So these are the four areas when we talk to each city mayors. Mm -hmm. um, I think working with public transportation system is a very strong advantage for us. There are only 20% of people who are covered, well covered by a bus or a subway in China. The all remaining people are still relying on bicycling or you know a small percentage on. Um, you know, others. So I think working with public transportation is definitely something very important for us. Yeah. Great. Questions from the audience? Questions? Questions? Yeah. Go. Oh. Go ahead. Hi, um, I'm Rosa. I don't know who did it first, this is not the point, but uh, as long as I know, Uber is doing some kind of experiments in Colombia, and one of them is called Uber Angel, Uber Angel which is exactly the same you are doing for people that are drinking. So they take your car and then they go back. Usually they are students, those who drive, because they have some uh, different time. And also they have a system called Uber Pet, that they take your pet to the veterinarian. And also they are doing something Uber bike. If it starts raining, a car that, uh, like a van, takes your bike and takes you home back. So are you trying to do some kind of experiments like that? Okay, I'll answer that first. We launched a chauffeur business, which is the drinking business, last June, right? So we have been operating for almost a year time, right? For the one the, that Anthony likes. Yes. A lot. So for the, 
Yes, thank you. So for the hedge business, we have been operating for almost a year as well. Right? So I think in terms of local invention, we, you know, we have been quite uh, adventurous and successful. Yeah. For us, um, besides hitch, which a lot of people commute with um, on a daily basis, uh, we launched uh, Grab Express, which is a point-to-point -point, uh, delivery system um, because we have the largest number of bikes across all the markets. And uh, we launched Grab Food, which is sort of within 30, 40 minutes, you get your hot food. So very localized services. Again, the issue is how to deal with the congestion. Three hours, just you know, waiting three hours to get your lunch just ain't fun. Um, so we thought of how do you get it within to you for 30 minutes, you stay in the comforts of your home or office. So there's Uber Pet in Colombia? Colombia and Bogota. Really? Really? Wow, that's interesting. That's, there's soon going to be Uber, I'm too friggin' lazy to walk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fascinating, anyway. Um, okay, last, any more questions, anybody? Any questions? So um, where do you imagine this worldwide car sharing fight to end? I mean, is it going to be like there's going to be certain, will one company win a country and then it'll be country by country or, um, you know, because they're coming at you hard and they're spent, the amount you raised from Apple is the amount they've spent there. Um, same thing in Southeast, they're, they're coming everywhere. Is it going to be this fight over a country and then someone wins and then people move on or it'll be two services or what, what do you see? I answer yes, you okay. and then Anthony. Sure. Um, well, I forgot to uh, let people know about one background in China. People always talk about Uber, which is very understandable. But yeah. actually, in the industries we're in, for the private car service, we have 87% market share. Mm -hmm. Even Uber has been consistently offering 20 to 30% discount nationwide. Mm -hmm. right? So our market leadership hasn't shaked, changed at all. Right. For taxi, we almost own 100%. Right. So I think in China, it's a very special country. I think Jeff Bezos talked about it yesterday, mm -hmm. about China and India, and it's true. China is a very different country. That's number one. And in terms of the ride-sharing industry in general, I think, at least for China, I, I wouldn't speak for worldwide, but I think at least in China, technology is, is really the key. Again, I still want to answer Wall's question about subsidy, because I think at the end of the day, it's really not about subsidy. I wonder how many people here would rather get you know, a ride and wait for an extra 30 minutes and to get a 30% discount. I guess nobody, right? When you want a ride. Well, I'm a pro-subsidy guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, just thinking from a business point of yes, view. Yes, we totally. do not mind taking venture capital people's money. No. And getting free okay. food. Fine. We're getting in San Francisco. I always call San Francisco assisted living for millennials. Um, <laughs> I benefit as an old lady. Right. Uh, I get free food. I get really good rides. I get everything cheap. It's yeah. wonderful. Oh, well, Thank you, Jim Breyer. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is, I think for China, you know, subsidy is only, you know, in this, you know, last era. I think it's already way past it, right? You know, for a market leader, you don't really need to buy more market share, mm -hmm. right? Only a smaller player needs to do that. That's the common sense, right? Okay. So I think for, for the ride-sharing industry for the long run, in our mind, this will be a network and cars will be service, not just asset, right? And, and EV will play a very important part of it because EV doesn't make sense for individual to buy it. The cost doesn't justify, right? But for our platform, you know, you know 30, 30 rides a day. So I assume 
I think in five years' time, 50% of the cars will be, will be EV, right? So, and also, every time when you get downstairs, you probably get on your watch or not, right? You say, I'm going, right? Downstairs, there will be a car waiting for you. On Monday, it could be a seven-seater with baby seat. You know, on Tuesday, it could be a black car because, you know, the big data already record whatever you do in the past few years. And also, because the system is so smart, um, you know, machine learning, of course. That's so, very, very creepy. Uh, creepy. creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, a little but creepy. If, you're if creeping you, us out. But if you think, depends on what you're looking at, right? Like Jeff said yesterday, really you want your best service, mm -hmm. right? And we protect privacy. That doesn't mean Jeff wasn't creepy either. Yeah, Greg was also <laughs> creepy. Okay, Sorry, okay I give question. it to you. We got a question. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jitu Patel from Box. I, I had a quick question for you around uh, autonomous driving vehicles in yeah, China. And do you feel that traffic conditions over there would actually support that over time? And are you investing heavily in that area? And, mm -hmm. and what do you and, see happening? And I'm assuming, Anthony, you're not doing autonomous bikes, right? <laughs> Not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. Don't That's say a that. Great okay. idea. So both of you, Anthony, <laughs> yes. are you sure. doing any investment? Yeah. So again, no cookie cutter model, very tailor made. So if you look at Singapore, um, the government is very proactive with the SDV ecosystem, fully autonomous. Uh, that's what we're actually uh, very involved with in the ecosystem of Singapore. But in markets like, say, Thailand or Indonesia, where maps are still not clear, you know, one, one day a one-way street, tomorrow a four-way street. Um, so we spend a lot of time thinking about how to navigate those roads, not navigate the off streets uh, a lot more. And that's where our data science and uh, our sort of dynamic algorithm and routing algorithms are spent. And Jean, we'll give you the last one. Yeah, break. I think road condition in China is very complex and the cost structure is very different, right? For, for especially for uh, auto, autonomous drive. So I think it would take a while technology can get mature first and then how you commercialize it, right? Because when an autonomous car is getting cheaper, a normal car would get even cheaper, right? right? So I think it's very interesting to watch will be the trend. But having said that, I think as the biggest network operator, we will be uniquely positioned. Are, to, have you made any investments? Uh, we haven't, but we are closely watching it. And, and can I just um, end with, if, do you think autonomous vehicles, if, if, for example, traffic conditions magically changed in China, where you would have autonomous vehicles be a reality. Do you think it would be um, um, additive to your business model or something that would actually almost disrupt your business model? Because your biggest asset right now is the supplier network. Yeah. And if GM could come in tomorrow or anyone um, could come in and just drop 10,000 cars in China, w wouldn't that actually level the playing field much mm -hmm. more for you where you wouldn't have an innate advantage? Yeah, sure. So we are working with almost everyone um, in the OEM field. We are talking to everyone and we're closely watching watching it and all the OEM have come to us actually at the same time, right? They, they consider us as a partner because we're open platform, we're technology neutral, right? So from that perspective, I think we have a very good position. And you're very right about China. I think I want to remind all the automakers when you get an autonomous car in China, you probably want to put an aggression mode. Uh, otherwise you won't be able to move probably for a week. Mm -hmm. given the condition in China. Right. And she is not going to say what Travis said here many years ago. It was like, well, someday, hopefully, we won't have any drivers. So I don't think you're going to get her to say that at all. But good, good try. Good try. Anyway, thank you two so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. And be sure to check out our other podcasts. 
Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, where Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Friday, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge. You can find all these shows and more at recode.net or wherever you listen to podcasts.